So, so we're up to page, chapter uh, 18, beginning the fifth mimer, Hemshech Hayim Beis, volume 1, page 28. So to sum up the previous chapter, As the Friedrich Rebbe writes in his summary of, of Mimer 4, the summary is at the beginning of the of the book. He says, chapter Mimer 4, Nase, Pshita Ta'ara Datsilis Enike Pshitas Ha'eris, that ain't self. Essentially, the theme of this is that the formlessness, and so Pshitas is that word we talked about, formlessness, shapelessness, could be even oneness, seamlessness, of Atsilus contains a paradox. So not just as Atsilus consists of a paradox that there's Oris and Kalim, and Kalim are identity of Chesed, Gvura, defined personalities, type elements, but also, and Oris is transcendent, but also the Oris itself in Atsilus, this is the main Chiddush of this discourse, for the Oris itself has both elements. Yeah, before that, so not after, no? Atzilus, we're talking about now. Yeah, that's the whole theme here. Yeah, it's all Atzilus. Yeah, we're talking about Atzilus. The whole forty-five chapters now is all about Atzilus. It's about the Urpanimi. Atzilus is essentially the perfect world. So it's divine structure, but it's a structure. That's Atzilus. It's the structure as it's envisioned by Hashem. We're not talking about before the Tzimtzum. We're not talking about Silas is the is the is the place where it all comes together in the way Hashem wants it. You say Nasa Adabitsameni, when you say God created the human being in the image and form of the divine, you're talking about Atsilas. Adama El. So when we talk about Dutya Walkya and Khadrabushman and, and all this is also in Asilith? Yeah. Well it depends. It depends which level he's talking about. There's no I mean you have to point out to me exactly what he's saying. It depends which which aspect. No, Look, we're not. This not a. This not a an, an essay on Pasuk It's an essay on no, base. He uses what he needs to use. Let me spell it out. So Atzilut has energy. Those eris is the case that he made here. Is that they are on one hand they are blima, means they're formless, but on the other hand they're already in the shape of ten spheres. So the entire discussion, chapter after chapter, was how do you explain that. How do you explain that they're both formless, but they also have some distinct personality? And he made the case in each chapter in the last discourse how that develops. So to summarize, is basically it is not quite as defined as the containers, because the containers don't change. Shammai is always going to be like is a Gvuradika way of thinking, and Hill is a personality of leniency, chesed. And Shammai is stringent. It's two different ways of being. But the energy can change because the energy is not quite as defined. It's more amorphous. So when they hear that they hear the ideas coming from their teacher, that idea contains the ability to go either chesed or gvura. So it has chesed and gvura in it, but it's not yet defined completely until it comes to the container. That's why you have the exceptions that sometimes Shammai is lenient and sometimes Hillel is, is strict, stringent. And then he explained how it's in the root. Remember, everything in Atzilus, there's a root for it. The root is an Esesphere Sagnuzat, 
the hidden spheres, that is already, of course, before the tzimtzum. The root of it, in other words, so before the tzimtzum already you have the root of these shapes and forms. But before the tzimtzum there's no shape and form of anything. It's just the, the possibility. So you have the concept of ten spheres above. And what's higher than that is Eirin Sof Habligvo. Is an infinite divine light that is without limits. That doesn't have at all ten spheres. And he describes several levels. There's the level of Eirin Sof that has spheres but it's Glikets. Spheres Adenkets. Which means it can extend forever. And, the, and each sphere does not yet have any shape and form. That's the Chad Vila B'chushban. So he's, he's, he's beyond it all. He says, is that in your spirit and cats? And then there's a level of etzema'ar, the essence of the energy that doesn't even have spirits altogether. Which is the essence? Etzema'ar, he calls it. The way, it's, the way it's encompassed, the essence of the energy, the way it's encompassed in the source. And there it doesn't have, there, there, there doesn't have um, at all. So, and it's not even but it's art because it's the beginning in the root of the essence where that will be art not not symptom for example and then he explained that these two manifest also after the symptom the two levels in Kesser in the crown you have Kesser as it is um, the essence of Kesser is higher than the spheres than structured spheres and then you have the lower part of Kesser which means Kesser as it encompasses spheres, and that's the root of the structure of the spheres in the, in the energy. And this sums up a key element here. The big discussion of all this was, the context was, is Atsilus Gilead Helen? Is it revealing that which is concealed? Or is it a new innovation creating something new? That's the question on the table. So initially, the first step was that the containers being that they have identity and personality, they're like yesh They're infinitely distant from the source. So they represent more the identity, their divine identity, and the energy is transcendence. But as you go deeper into it, the energy itself has two elements. As he said, like that's what he concludes in this last chapter, in 18, in 17 rather, that compared to Atzmusa Keser, the essence of Keser, even the energy is Why? Because ten spheres don't exist there. There's unlimited spheres. It's beyond that structure. And definitely, is it, it's a like a new thing compared to um, the energy that doesn't have any spheres at all, not even infinite spheres. But compared to Keser, as it's a source for the spheres, that will, that for the energy, for the ten, for the ten, Another, the level of this, there is Gilead Helen. Because at the end of the day, the, even though it's unconscious mind and it's so far beyond, but the energy has one similarity to it. They're both Chachma. So therefore, basically, the energy of Atsilas therefore has two elements to it. One thing is a certain distance from the Bligul, but a certain closeness to the Eir HaGvul in its root. And the same thing with the Kav. The Kav is a narrow ray of light that has element of structure. But since it's rooted before the tzimtzum, so it's close to the koyach that the ten hidden spheres before the tzimtzum, and in a sense is distant 
from the, the, the energy that is beyond the ten spheres, higher than that. Which really, what this really simply means in the context of the interface is that there's that you have both elements because we need to have here a as I discussed at length, we need to have here a, a balance. So you need something that represents the divine. You need something that represents the structure. Now he's going one even further. We're not just talking about the structure of the containers. Even the energy has elements of the structure. This just builds up the eloquent picture that these two worlds can meet. The finite structured world that we have can meet because they're not airtight and each one has elements of the other. That's the central point where we're at right now. So the, the, the Keter, the, the Etzema Keter is, is higher than the Asidamot, but then there is a Keter that's in the Asidamot, or the Asidamot starts from Keter the Keter is always Keter of Atzilut. The question is, what is the personality of this Keter? Mm-hmm. It's Keter is of Keter. The personality of this Keter has two elements to it. There's a part of Keter, the Etzema, as he calls it, the Etzema of Keter, that's like similar to the infinite divine light that's beyond spheres, beyond the structure of spheres. And from there, there can be unlimited amount of spheres. Remember, to always keep one thing in mind. God has the power to create finite and to create the infinite. In the God's essence, those two powers are equal. In a sense, you could say God is as equally distant from finite and from infinite. Those words don't even have any meaning in, the, in that level. He wanted this to do it we're not getting into why he wanted it, but he wants somewhat this structure that we have. We know that, says sometimes it says, we know what he wanted. I wanted, we don't necessarily know. Or a taiva, there's no question. So we know there's a structured universe. That we also know. So we have here two very distant elements. There's God who's completely beyond structure and beyond, beyond structure. And then you have a structure. The question is how these two will meet. So you could argue that God created the structure and the structure can never meet. God in his, in his real inner do- sanctum and inner domain. But that's not the approach that Chassidus takes, and it's also proven in the Torah he wants a partnership, he wants a relationship. Via daita, you know, I'm not going to go, I, I made this, I explained it many times, I'll just summarize it again. You have to know God, God says, love me. He doesn't just say servant of an evid to a master. There's a relationship. And as such, a relationship means that like a shutaf, like Hashem, there's a partnership. The question is, how does the finite meet the infinite? So this is the whole discussion, that God created a finite world. The way he did it was through Eris and Kalim. Eir, initially, is, is, Eir, its main role is an agent of divine light. It's divine light. It always retains its personality of a divine personality. But it's not Atmos. Because air is already air and not chayshach. It's energy and not the, the absence of energy. It, it has definition. It has elements to it. But it still retains its connection always to its source. Kalim, on the other hand, are also divine, but they are structured. They're, they're, they're defined by their identity. Chesed, Gvura. Now, when everything is all right, Chesed, Gvura are completely aligned to what God wants and the divine purpose, and, and, and everything is working. But... The plot thickens. After Atzilas, there's going to be concealments. And Chesed and Gvura are going to lose sight of their source. And now we're in a world where we are just simply, on our conscious level, just feel disconnected. You have Chesed and Gvura inside your soul. He says in Tanya, the ten faculties of a person, Mishkal Shmuel come from the ten faculties of the divine. But we don't know it. 
We have to learn it, and we have to work on it. And even when we know it, it takes time to work, to refine ourselves. And we're climbing the ladder of trying to take our, the way we love, the way we discipline, and the way we treat each other, and the way we react to things, the way we think. All of that to align it to the Eris and Kalim of Atsilas. You could put it that way. That's the, that would be the goal. To align it to the way it was meant to be. But the battle is great. There's a, we live in a dark world, like he says, you know, this is Elam Haza Alma de Shikra, it's a false world. Lashon of Tanya, Elam Haza Tachtun Shein Tachtun Lamatimena, nothing lower. It's Mali Cheshech, Mali Klippus Vusitrachra, to the extent that you have forces that fight and are managed and oppose everything that's divine. I don't think we have to remind you, we don't need Iron Base to know about the challenges. We need Iron Base to know how to overcome the challenges. So we live in this dark world. We're trying to realign our existence back to God. So you can say, you know what, the whole existence is evil place, and I'll just give everything up and just commit to God. It's not what the Torah says. The Torah doesn't want that. The Torah wants the Shabbos itself. wants us to take the world, refine it, create a keli, wants a mishkan, wants a home here. doesn't want to a, 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 destroy the world and then go back to, uh, to Atsilus. Once Atsilis on earth, basically. And that's where things get more complicated. Because how do you bring the two together? So here he's not really discussing the issue of how to deal with evil. That comes in the second volume. that talk about darkness and so on. Here the focus is actually more about, let's take the structure of existence. And how do you turn it into a divine structure? I mean, if you want to put it in simple English, like uh, the simple issues, simple words, like the mission, the Torah says, what is this? Hashem said, by Yichuli Truma. Right? After they come out of Mitzrayim, not and then they come, the Hashem says, take from them material objects, Kesav, Zav, Necheshes, all the different 12, 15 things, and build for me a Mishkan. Right there, you have the, the dilemma. He's not saying build me a Mishkan by davening and learning and going into a spiritual place. He's saying, take Kashmir's Dika things and make that into holy. Make that Vasili Migdash with Shekhanti Besecha. So if you're right there, you're dealing with much more complicated than just so-called um, running into a spiritual environment. You're taking, taking a physical world and turning it into a mishka. So this becomes the dilemma. How do, you, how do these two meet? You know, Shleim HaMelech says to Hashem, in Bitmir, he says, Heavens and the heavens of heavens cannot contain you. This building, this small human structure is going to contain you. So, as, as the, and, and the answer Hashem gives is that you say the exactly same thing, Benechusa. Yes, exactly right. Heavens and heavens can't contain me, but this house can. How? That's God's power. But the bottom line is, He gave us the tools to do so. The dynamics, how to do so, is Ayin Beis. It's Chassidus in general, Ayin Beis in particular, literally goes step by step. That's why this is so elaborate. It literally, step by step. How does Gvul meet Glikvul? How, do, how does existence meet transcendence? How does body meet soul? How do they join? So, first thing he does establishes that there's the beginning of the Hemshech. And I'm giving an overview a little here. The beginning of the Hemshech there is Keser. Keser is the ultimate interface. Because Keser is the will of God to have something outside of himself, so to speak. Without that, there's no connection altogether. So the first of all interfaces is Ratzon Ha'elion, the will. There's no will, nothing happens. But that's a will that's very much divine, something we don't relate to. To understand how we connect to that will, 
There's the whole 45, 46 chapters. He discusses the structure itself. And the structure is, as opposed to Ratzinelli, which is Kesser Makif, the structure is Primi. Definition of Primi means it's integrated forces, as opposed to uh, all-encompassing ones or, or transcendent ones. Integrated, our faculties are an example for it. Eris and Kalim, it's a structure. Your power of vision goes into your eyes. The power of intelligence is in your mind, your brain. Emotions in the heart. Hearing in the ears, etc. Atzilus, that's in the human being. Salmenu kid musenu. We're created in that image and divine image and form. What is it? The divine image and form is the world of Atzilus. But that, but Atzilus doesn't solve it all. Atzilus has a root. The root of it is for the symptom, the ten spheres, the hidden spheres. That's where you can say in the source there's already, if you look deep in the source, not that you can see it, is the beginnings of that. So God is a desire world. In that desire, Erein Sof emanates before the symptom and has within it the potential for ten spheres, which will which will become actual in 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 Atzilus. The Rishimu is the root in the highest root of the containers. That comes from the Kayach Gvul of God. The Kav comes from the Kayach of the, the, the Gvul of Eris, of energy. And then there's the Bli Gvul of energy. So you have here now the dynamics. When you start developing it, this is how it's going to work. There's a Bli Gvul in Eir now. That's going to be, as you can explain, explain later, that's going to introduce to the world Bittl. You know, the bleak vul we can't relate to, but it does. What it does is it sublimates us. On the other hand, what permeates us, what enters within us, that's really the erhag vul, and the containers is us, is the structure itself. So the challenge is how do you align the structure, which is the kalim, to the eris, which is the energy, the defined energy that gives life to the structure, to the bleak vul of the eris, which represents so-called the divine power. So in the Mishkan, for example, you needed two things. You needed to have containers. If you didn't build an ark exactly the way it was meant to be built, it doesn't serve its purpose. Or the manure or so on. So everything needs its measurements. We have, you know, the detailed measurements to the down to the T. At the same time, it's not just the containers. It's containers that now where the Shekhinah will rest. The Shekhanti B'Seichem. That's God will rest there. To the point that the, the paradox of Erdun Enem in that the Erdun is both measured or not, is more than that. The measurement is the necessity to be able to be a container for the lack of measurement. If the Erdun did not have those measurements, you wouldn't have that manifestation of the divine there. So it's more than just paradox. It's more than just opposites coming together. It's the parameters that bring down the non-parameters. Now how that works, there it's miraculous, obviously. Our objective is to do it in a natural way, is to expand the containers of our existence that it can actually be a container first for Eir HaGvul, then for Eir HaBligvul, and all the way till Asmus. So all these levels are really just a trend. The best example, at the end of the day, is the teacher and the student. We all have our children, we have our students. They begin with nothing. What I mean by nothing? All it is is a child that doesn't need, not even know how to communicate. Think of that like the existence after the Simpson. Everything is concealed. You know, that tree could even say that symptom is a, a child studies the Torah nine months in its mother's womb. Then there's a symptom addition. Everything is forgotten. Not one thing is remembered. Nothing. 
consciously. The Alter Rebbe says, look at the Tain and Shlach. Why forget? Make, why learn if you're going to forget? What's the point? It's actually, it's, it's actually an issue. You're not allowed to learn Tain and then forget. And here, not only you forget, is that Malach comes and it's very deliberate, makes you forget. The answer is you don't really forget. You forget on a conscious level. But it's the same thing, like the Arashima remains. But it's completely concealed. You can't, a child, you ask a child, tell me what you learned. You can, it, doesn't, it doesn't even remember it learned anything. You can't access it. Right. But it's in there. It's embedded in the unconscious, let's say. You know, I mean, it, actually, I never saw this mushroom, but it's, 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 I think it's a perfect mushroom. It's our lives. The child comes out now and is a clay, is an empty clay. I mean, containers there, we know the child has a brain because that child will develop. The brain is not going to come in later, but it develops in stages. What happens? What do parents do? Or the way nature is, you begin to feed the child. So good, in the early stages, listen, as grandmothers and mothers would sing to the child, Tate is the best at Shechem, that's already a kav, in a way. It's a little bit because it's a kav, but as soon as it emerges, it has like more power than later. In the Hanami, it's not exact muscle. Um, it's not exact muscle, but you know something? The kav has power, but the containers are not there yet. From the perspective of the containers, it's going to take time. Yeah. So the cow so the cow is power. You could say a child also has a lot of power, but there's no containers for it. You know, child's primus, it's mimus or pshitas. Um, and anyway, it's not exam, it's the example. But then, but what does what does a parent and teacher do? You begin to transmit to the child. You know, then you start learning teiritz v'lanu and and the first psukim and then upshad mishnah then goes bechom shlemikra. You know, there's a seder of the transmission. And it's not just that you're transmitting more, the, the, as you transmit, the containers grow and expand. As they grow, the energy it draws more energy. What you're having here is a child, a mind that began as a child. This mind can become greater than any teacher. So the greatest people, the, the, the greatest geniuses, they all didn't become, they weren't born geniuses. I mean, they were born perhaps potentially, but you didn't see it. And even if you saw a genius, boots and boots and makati idea, they're real, really full-blown when they're adults, when they really start learning and so on. So then what happens is the containers expand, the energy is internal, and, and the goal is, as he says in the beginning of Samar Vov, that the Chushi HaMakabal should become the Chushi HaMashbir. So the student Chushi HaTalmud becomes the Chushi HaRav, which means that the student becomes as powerful as the teacher and even beyond. It was only possible because there was this whole stage. So, bottom line, it's a it's, it's a gradual growth, which allows the containers and energies to meet, and then the container can become a container for that which is even beyond the energy. And in the process of of, of intellectual growth, we all know this. First, you begin to understand something. Then you can begin to abstract and say, you know what? Whatever I understood, it's not quite like that. Now let's go to the next level. Like he says in the Kutatele, Veschan, Vedaiti, he says, that which was Mamala Kalaman, uh, I'm sorry, Seva Kalaman yesterday becomes Mamala Kalaman today. And then you climb and you go further. You know, there's things that you for you once were faith or or, or you sensed it, but it was beyond you, now becomes internalized. And that's the journey. And the end is, yes, there'll be total unity. When we say Mashiach and beyond, Chisamesim and future, they will join. And the containers will be able to um, celebrate together with the Eidus in this uh, glorious dance. So we are right now in this piece of this puzzle is basically finished now that the Eidus have these two dimensions. 
And that's where you'll see throughout the Hemshech again and again. It's going to be constant. Back and forth, back and forth. Here the Er, we established now, Er is Pshutim. So that gives them a so-called transcendent element. But they're fitting into containers. You know, in a simple, if, if this was applied in real life, it would be like, let's for argument's sake say six days of the week when we work is containers. We're working with the containers. You know, the containers of our jobs, of our parnasa, or whatever it may be. We're trying to align it, do it the right way. Okay. Shabbos, you could say, is more of a day of Ur. More Ur. No. Not that no containers, but the focus is more Teiret, Tfilah, Suda Shabbos, and the family. It's a more spiritual day. Again, I mean, let's just qualify. That doesn't mean that there's, the Ferris have to eat a meal and there's a body to deal with and so on. You're not quite immersed in the containers of, 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 of your life, your day-to-day containers. Now, this energy of Shabbos, you could say, is okay, it's escapism. I'm escaping to an island, an oasis called Shabbos. It doesn't really speak to or connect to the rest of the week. Taylor says, no. First of all, Misha taught of Erev Shabbos, Yechel B'Shabbos. All the work you do six days is meant to be elevated. It prepares you for Shabbos. And then Shabbos, my name is Baruch HaKulim, Shabbos blesses all the days. You're not allowed to gather man, bread from heaven on Shabbos. But man was, was created, Dafka on Shabbos. That's what it says in the Zayar. That when was, the, when was the, 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 the product, the manufacturing of the man was on Shabbos. But Shabbos is meant to bless him. My name is Baruch, and should bless him for the six days. Why is that so relevant? Because it creates a connection that even Eir has in it sometimes the six days. We say, we say, we say the, before we the Kabbalah Shabbos, so there's the six sections. And then comes the Chadadi, um, because um, the six, it refers to, it corresponds to our results, that's the six days of the week. And then, one of the reasons we turn around, we turn around because it's like saying goodbye to the week and now starting Shabbos alone. So this explains there's three levels. Shabbos is, you know, there's Milo Shabbat, there's Yemi Shabbat, and Ravid Ravid. Friday night is more, you still have a taste of the week. So it's Menucha from Allah. Yeah. Then there's Menucha alone, and then there's Menucha Be'etzah. Meaning to say, that Shabbos has a relationship, even though it's Eir, you do have a connection to the weekend, and then Havdal, etc. My point I'm trying to say is that I'm giving an example how Eiris, because they have in them some spheres and they have some structure, makes it easier to relate to and connect. It's not just escape or running to an oasis called Eir of Shabbos. That Eir has levels in Shabbos itself. The second level, I mean, so it's the first, the first arrival. which is... Yeah. And then Menucha, regular Menucha, plain, just now, you know, and then Raiva to call Raiva, Menucha Be'etzem, it's called. Mm-hmm. You reach like uh, what it says in, 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 it says in Gemara, the Nachle Bli the three meals, Ufaratzda, mm-hmm. Yaakov, Avram Yitzhak Yaakov, so Yaakov is Ufaratzda, Nachle Bli that's Shudu Shlishit. Again, Right. That's why we don't, by the, the, the three times it says in Baman that you shouldn't uh, eat it, you shouldn't gather it. So the Loyachlu, 
means in a way it's like higher than it's like it says it says it says it's me'ain elam habush ain be'achilu v'leishdiya. So we by us we symbolize it by Chabad the meaning of not to wash. It's the only Uzanism. It's a symbol of that. Not to eat at all. That's you know, it's, it's after all a suda. Okay. So here's my discourse. Um, Five, chapter eighteen, page twenty-eight. We start shlach. I'm sorry, just on that point, I don't know if it's not relevant. Maybe if you want to learn how to answer it, and somebody was saying that the Rebbe says the sicha that the Rebbe said, "Tav cannot do it." So the solution? I never heard that. First of all, there's a halachas about it. I don't think the Rebbe would contradict halach. Tav cannot do it, but like fast? No, no. The solution, not to it now. Some people don't eat through the It's not like some people are more mocked than others. In Tayyan game, it says about not eating mizanis and food. So. I, mean, I have to look up. 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 I have to have to look up. I 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 never heard it. Okay. Alter Rebbe even composed Bnei Hechala. There's a song that we can sing. I wonder if my brain is going to tell you the night time, so there was no one, no one ate the shalshalos. I'm saying that there was, in Chabad, was never makbid, makbid, tadafke eat. In Chanami, but you could say the Rebbe did the Tekmazenis, you could say it was considered, you know, they didn't, they didn't wash either by the Rebbe. So you could say technically he ate already, so they shouldn't eat before, I don't know. I'm sure there's people who will fall from this. Let, let's, that's a different discussion. So, Shlach Lecha Anoshim Yisudas Aritzkana. Remember, this Hemshir began Shvuz, which we are now approaching. In one week, will be 100 centennial. So, at least we're away, we're ahead of the game. The Rebbe Rashab will catch up with us. And someone said to me, How long is it going to, how long is it going to take to learn this? And how long are you going to write it? So, I said, Well, at least as long as it took the Rebbe Rashab to say it. And I don't think I'm going to comprehend it faster than it was said. How long did it The saying alone, you're talking about four years. This goes all the way. It starts Shavuos, 1912. And the last Maimah that was said was right before the Rebbe Rashad left Lubavitch. After Lubavitch, Ayin Beis, some say that it was connected very much to the city of Lubavitch. He never said Ayin Beis after it. He wrote, but he didn't say it. The last one is... Uh, in volume two, is the beginning right after Tishrei Ayin Vav. So we're talking about 1915, the end of 1915, October, September, October 19. Not later, because right? it goes, I think, till Lech uh, or something. Vayera, I think, is the last one. It's basically November uh, 1915. So you're talking about a good three and a half years, uh, and then, of course, continues volume three. Which is volume three today, the Chelik Shalei Memar, the part that was never said, and that's also not finished. M base is not finished, by the way. It's an unfinished symphony. Um, yeah, that's what he was referring to when he said something about Zechayim. Yeah, he actually, he meant everything. But uh, so, and the Rebbe makes it very clear in two sichas in Achron Shepes of Tov Shalom, it's printed in the back of some of that some of our Ayin are the two last Shlavim for Mashiach. And Ayin Beis for sure, the way the Rebbe published it and all that. 
We're talking about serious stuff here. This is definitely uh, the final frontier. What can I tell you? There's no question about that. It has been dormant for the last hundred years. I mean, now we have yeah, to... till sixty-five years. Till sixty-five years after the Hemshah, most of it was never published. It wasn't published until thirty-five years ago. Hmm. So it's, it's interesting. Also, Yutas Kislev Lamed Zayin, sixty-five, thirty-five years ago. Sixty-five years after the Hemshah, then thirty-five years where we are today. So let's learn. So Shlach is going now, of course, the Maimarim that are now following Shavuos. So Shlach Lecha, Noshim V'yasura, says, Kanaan, the Pasuk says, send for you, send to you men, and they should spy. Yasura, they should scout out this land of Kanaan. The Tzor of Love, Marim, Shlichus Amaraglim, you have to understand what is this shlichus? What is this mission that these scouts were sent on? Isn't it true that the whole Indian, Haloi, the whole Indian of, how would you translate Haloi? Doch, fourth, Haloi. Isn't it so that the whole conquering of the land was not a natural thing? So, what was this whole point of sending them on a mission? This is the Ramban actually says. The Ramban on the Pasuk says that the reason sending was them to go check out, like you send before you conquer a city or a country, you send scouts to see where's the easiest way to go, where the defenses are, and so on. That's the lesson. But it's really a question on the Ramban actually. If the conquest is a natural one, Shaykh Lasu Kaidim. Then it's appropriate and fitting to check it out before Leida take it for Khazika Medina to know the power and strength of the of the country, the nation. To know which way you can conquer it. But in the conquering of Israel, which was not natural, as you just said, the Khaira. Assumingly, purportedly, seemingly, this whole thing is not a fitting. So, what's this whole shikh? Why, why did Moshe send it? What's the meaning of is when Yeshua sent the scouts, and there the Lushan is, well, Maragum, Laraglasarits. What's the meaning by Yesudu? Mm-hmm. Why is it Laragul is really more appropriate? Laragul usually means a spy, to spy out Miragul, Miragul. So what's the meaning, like it says in, the, in Yeshua, what's the meaning of loss of Yesudu? As opposed to scouting. Yes, positive yeah. Laragul. Should have said, he says, Laragul Asadis. Lom lenem Laragul. Shachlan Noshim Laragul Asadis. That's Kana. Mayatura is to visit, correct? It's a scout. The Yisuda is also to scout, literally, but it's a different word. I mean, there's different meanings. The Yisuda is the loss of Yisrael. The Yisuda, uh, I'm not sure, the original root of... of, of also to tour. Also to tour. the root of order. Yeah, tour guide is what is a tour guide. A tayat? Yeah. Right. Hine, Moshe, Omar, Lahem, Gimel, Dvarim. Moshe now, Moshe said to them three things. There is... I'm sorry, three things for them to look out for, to see. Echot, Esaham, to look at the, the nation. Shalzeim of Yisim Esaharetz Mahi, 
That was the meaning. Look at the land. What is it? What is she? The Kavanahi al Yeshve Aris, not the land itself. Kavanah is the people living in the land, the Kumoy Shapira Shrashiza, like Rashi says. So that's the first thing, to look at the people. To look at the land itself, like it says, what kind of land is it? Gimel, the third thing to look out for is Ha'iri. The cities. What kind of cities were they? So you have the dwellers, you have the land itself, and the type of cities. But We have to understand what are these three things. What's the meaning of ma? Ah, interesting. Lahovin calls okay now, as we know, these introductions were written later. So now he sums up in the Rebbe Rashab's own words, which is always good to see what we just learned. Lahovin calls that to understand all this. Let's preface. Mashnis Barlel, what was discussed earlier, that was explained earlier, that Eris Imeyesim Pshutim, the energies, even though they are seamless or formless, Enum Pchins Pshutis Mamash. So they're Pshutim, but not Mamash. They're not, they're not virtually and literally totally formless. Kipshutis Ainsef, like the formlessness of Ainsef itself. Shari Isa, Shari Omarosh, Isa Besef Yitzira. It says the Sefer Yitzir, Book of Formation. Esa spheres blima, ten spheres without substance. Shagamba erisha shesha spheres. So even though it's blima, meaning like pshitas, but also in the eris, there are ten spheres. Vakshahem blima legabakhele. But they are blima, substanceless compared to the containers. In his bar, and was explained that kav gam kamoishu kol beheding stuff. That the kav, that thin ray of light, even the way it's encompassed, included in the of shalifni at simpson and the divine light before the simpson yesh be eses spheres. It also has ten spheres. Vein eses spheres agnuzos shen sheru shemakar agvul. These are the ten hidden spheres that are the root of gvul, as opposed to the pardis who says the eses spheres agnuzos are the root of the containers. So since compared to this level, the Kav is Gilead Helen, if the air was not have ten spheres, it wouldn't be Gilead Helen. Gilead Helen meaning revealing a potential that was there, so there's a closeness to it. Closeness? Similarity. Similarity? Congruity? Compared to the infinite light, which is higher than the ten spheres, it's distant, infinitely distant. Just again, I want to just reiterate the importance of Gilead, Hell, and Yesh, Mayan, these things, closeness or similarity, is all about the interface. Closeness, in any relationship, you need to have closeness and you need to have some distance. Even husband, wife, even spouses, what you need to have space, two distinct identities. One is not going to swallow up the other. So they're constantly close. Without the distinction, that's a problem. And the other extreme, of course, is if they're only separate. So there has to be closeness, intimacy. And this is the dance, this is the unity of all forces, mediation, anything to bring together two distinct forces. You need closeness and commonality. And you need, I don't know, the word distance is not distance as in distance as a negative. It just means space. You need distinction. 
according to this F Shiyesh Lamer, so there's now F Shalemer, now it's F Shiyesh Lamer. So that's another level. <laughs> so we have we discovered so far Yesh Lamer, Niche, Efshir, Lamer, and now Efshir Yesh Lamer. <laughs> Maybe you can do an analysis of these. I'm sure that's precise. So Efshir, we said, is weaker than Yesh Lamer, and Efshir Yesh Lamer is even weaker. Because it's both Efshir. Maybe you can say. <laughs> Was the Efshir Yesh Lamer? Efshir Lamer? Efshir Yesh Lamer. How would you try? Efshir. Maybe you can say maybe. You, maybe. Yesh Lamer means Efshir. Really. So it's like a double Efshir in a way. Yeah. Okay. According to everything we just learned, maybe we can explain. Masha Mashmoy says, Eitz Chaim, who. Or it appears from Eitz Chaim. That there could have been the revelation of the Kav without it being concealed, without it being concentrated or contracted and concealed in the beginning. Without having a symptom, a full symptom, and then having a Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he's going to explain now a beginning. A, a, a very fundamental text in Eitz Chaim. So let's first read Eitz Chaim and then we'll see what he means by this opening line. Well, you can see already what's coming. If the since the kav, if the kav was bligvul. And was not rooted in ten spheres. There's no way that it could remain without its symptom. The fact that it has in the ten spheres, that's why this mashmo is that it could have been possible that it should be that it shouldn't be completely concealed because you can just leave the kav and you have ten spheres already. Mm-hmm. So the question, of course, it still it was concealed, but why is there even a happening? That's what he's going to explain. Well, let's read it inside. But the mashmo would be with a projector. Making it sharper, sharper, sharper until you leave the yeah, cabin, yeah. closing it and then having it. Right. Right. Small, right. But if the projector is bleak full light, that wouldn't help. That would be too overwhelming. Right. So, yeah. The Hini Beit Chaim Shadal Seifan of Gimel, Eitz Chaim, is written by Reb Chaim Vital. Obviously, the teachings of the Arizal. It's most, probably the most fundamental text. It's, it's, it's in gates and in uh, branches. That's how it's shorted gates and Onof, branch one, branch two, and so on. Just to, I just want to say one thing about it because it may be relevant. Eitz Chaim was the prevalent uh, work of the Arizal that was around the time of the Alter Rebbe and, and the generations before. Whereas the Shemayinah Sha'arim, what it's called, the eight gates of the Arizal were still a manuscript. The Rebbe speaks about it. The Rabbi Rashab writes elsewhere that the, Shemayinah, the eight gates of the Arizal, which is like Shara Mitzvah, Shara Kavona, Shara, Shara Psukim, is eight different gates. Sharim, are the most reliable of all the eight writings of the Rizal. So the Rebbe asks, so if that's the case, why is Eitz Chaim quoted so often? You see in Tanya, very rare. Well, there are, Shari Kedusha, you have a few places, but Eitz Chaim is much more prevalent. It's because Eitz Chaim was the safer they had, and obviously it's also reliable, but it's the most pre- that's why it's quoted so often. But the Sharim are considered to be more reliable in the, in the communication. So now it's print? Hmm? Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything is Chaim Vital. 
There was Rabbi Yisrael Sarug, who was another student of the Rizal. He went to Europe. He's, that's where the Kabbalah, like Rameh and others, received. And, uh, or Mishnah Chassidim, they had, had a whole bunch of students. It's a, it has elements of it, that, that there are elements in the Rabbi Yisrael Sarug's Kabbalah of the Rizal that you don't find in the Kisra Rizal of the Rukhav, which is Rabbi Chaim Vital writes in his introduction to Chaim that he, he, he takes an oath, he, he, he asks, he prohibits anyone from being authority. He was the only one given the authority from the result to be the communicator. Books like Eme Kamelach, Mishnah Chassidim, and such and such are from Rabbi Yisrael Sarug's Kabbalah. And the Rebbe brings in footnotes that once the Alter Rebbe and the, and the, the, and the Rabbein bring from also Eme Kamelach and Mishnah Chassidim, Obviously, they're also authorities. And the Rebbe, the Rebbe has a sikh about this. What about the prohibition that he made? It's similar to the Mayan Nebuchim, also the, the prohibition that no one should read it except the, the, the Nebuchim or the student. So they, they talk about this whole thing. How could you so-called go against the, the Isr? But the bottom line is, like things like the... the, like the, the I think that some of Tzedek writes that even though it's not mentioned in Kisra Rizal the Rachav, but Mishnah Siddhima does say it, and the Alta Rebbe would bring from Mishnah Chassidim. The Rebbe has some footnotes. I could show you where he explains why we accept it. Eme Kamelch, for example, the concept of Shashua Melech Batsmuse. It's clearly Eme Kamelch. The concept of the Rishimo is nowhere in Eitz Chaim. It's only in Kisvet. It's only from the other Kabbal. And Zosank. It's an interesting, uh, the concept of Meruba. There's a whole, there's a whole element of, 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 uh, of Tzimtzum around, the Tzimtzum and stuff like that, that comes from the other Kabbalah. Okay, but going back here, any Beit Chaim Shadalaf Sefer Nogginimol, Hikshe Lama, he had Tzimtzum Beit from Kazeshin, He asked the question, why was the Tzimtzum in such a way that it was complete, the, the air, the energy, was completely removed? And only afterwards was the the ray, the kav, the, the line of light, kav lit with his line. It says kav chut is the exact expression in Arizal. Kav is a line, chut is a thread. What's the difference in kav and chut? I think the Rebbe Hashab has somewhere, I don't remember. It's interesting, kav chut it says. Chut has also the element of connecting things, like a thread that. And he did not leave that level of the Kav in its place. And removed the rest of the great light alone. Now remember, this isn't in time. So let's just use here a thought experiment. We talk about going beyond time. Think about this. What's really the question? In time, it's all happening all the time. So what means with the, with before and after? Clearly this is in Madrega, not in, not in time. Because the Tzimtzum happens, the Kav, everything is happening at the same time. Tzimtzum happens every, every minute? Yeah, of course. What do you think? When did it happen? What year? There's no Zaman there. I know, but still you can say that God is before created the world, no? But, but, but there's no before then. What do you mean before it created the world? The, the Tzimtzum is, a, is, a, is, is an ongoing reality. It's an ongoing reality that keeps existence in place. It's the it. highest that gives to existence of the Simpson, no? But the Simpson that, that happened in the Simpson that happened once. No, 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 no. 
Stop thinking in terms of physical time here. No, what, no, no, uh, no, not, not time. That's a phenomenon that happened once. When Hashem Kishbaruch wanted to create the world. That's what it seems like. I mean, him wanting to create the world. Another different, the same to the same And then what happened in the light? We filled up the dark. No, then the cow. And then the but, what's up, but what happened afterwards? You're saying it happened only then. And now, right now, what's happening? How's, how's existence in place? But it exists. I'm saying that as we said, the highest, that to that existence is all the time. Not the highest. What is the, if, if the alien self is flowing back into the hollow right after the symptom, then we shouldn't be able to be here. Of course. So this is a, right now, there's a symptom. The symptom is a perpetual thing, just like the highest is perpetual. And just like the Chadish Betul, the Cholyam Tamit, that includes the symptom. Yes, there's a dimension of Silagami, is a dimension of Kav. So, what it means here by time, it's not time, it means that there had to be two stages. It's like two stages. And I'm telling you, it, 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 it just alone, this alone can take you a few years yeah, to right. figure out how to understand it. Because you're not talking about time. There is no such thing as time there. It's happening all the time. What, what, what it means in Ruchnis, it means the following. In physical sense, a teacher first conceals his mind, and then a minute later, or 10 minutes later, or a year later, begins to speak. But conceptually, but conceptually, or he could have began to speak right away. Instead of concealing it all, he could just begin to flow. So for us, that's measured in time. Conceptually, it's measured in levels. So let's think, forget about time for a moment now. In levels, can the teacher hypothetically begin to just transmit an idea immediately? The answer is no, because he needs to do some work. He needs to conceal it, the student can't receive it. So conceptually, it's a, a break between one stage and the other. Remember, yesh ma'ayin. Let's, uh, let's talk about yesh ma'ayin and gilead We keep talking about yesh ma'ayin. So everyone thinks it in terms in a very narrow form. That we came from nothing. We all know that doesn't mean that correct. What do you mean nothing? It came from God. Compared to us, I, it means we, from us it's nothing like we spoke about steak. That perspective is not logical to us. So I am is, an, is a mystery. When a, an idea comes and you say, ma, what was that? You're not saying it's nothing. You think it's nothing. When Neshama leaves this world, as I ask, people ask, where does it go? Why are you asking that? Because you think you're where it's at. So you think it's going somewhere, and you don't know where that is. You can't find the place. No matter how much you look, you're not going to find it. Outer space we can find. So it's really our mystery, what we call nothingness. But in truth, what is what? what, is, what is that? Yeshma ayin doesn't mean yeshma ayin, something from nothing. It's from our perspective, it is a cutoff point. Gilead Helen would be, I teach you an idea. So even though I leave the room, you know where it came from. And you could retrace the steps. You can't retrace the steps when it comes to Yashma'ayim. Like we were talking before about Atzillus is a Gileahelim or Yashma'ayim. The Kalim can't retrace their steps because they're created in a separate way. They can define themselves Chesed and Gvod. I know I'm Chesed, I know I'm Gvod, I know I'm divine Chesed and Gvod. But I can't find my way back. Because they were created in, with, with Berichuk, Mokim. Eir can always find its way back because it is always connected to its source. It may be diminished, but like, let's say you're in a dark forest. If you see light, even if it's a small speck, you have something to follow. Without the light, you can't follow anything. Now, 
the fact that we live in a world where we are disconnected, we don't feel the light, means that Tzimtzum is fully, full force. I'm surprised you need to be reminded of that. I mean, I, I, I'm impressed. I don't need to be reminded. I know that I'm, every second is a struggle, you know? So the Tzimtzum is in full force. However, and, and the Tzimtzum had to happen in a full intensity, because if it didn't, our existence would not really be able to be independent. So the symptom is in full force. Now stage two, another thing happens. There's also an energy that entered, which means if you look deep enough, you're going to find Elikus. Because if there was no Kav, for argument's sake, God forbid, we would be in, we'd be forever locked in darkness. It doesn't matter if it was created by God. We have no way back. There's no light. Let's put it this way. It would be like having a world without a Tater. Tater air. Would you, on, on your soul, with your soul alone, be able to find God? You may have a, here and there reminders, but you would not be able to have a path, a journey, you know, how to, how to ch- elevate my life. I'm saying, so that's a chedai Avram, it's a whole thing, because, because there is a kav, and he had a neshama. And, and remember, there are, God did create him, it was airtight. But without, but, but let, let, imagine there'd be no tailor at all, only Avram, and there'd be no mat and tailor, God forbid. We'd never have a blueprint. You know, and also we don't have no way to permeate Gashmas. Avram didn't do it through Gashmas, he did it through his own awareness. Anyway, my point I'm trying to say is uh, Avram is compared sometimes to the Kav himself. You say, you know, the Rambam says that was Cheshach and what he says, it became Eshen uh, Hagadol, right? And he began to bring light. He says, It's the beginning of it. But but that's but that remember Avram was also sent by Avram is also a shtickle tailor, like it's like the beginning of tailor itself. Anyway, the point I'm making here is that this is not in time, it's in structure. And so if let's put it this way, what would be the nafmin if the kav if the symptom did not be, was not complete and just left the kav, we probably would not be able to defy God. That would be the ultimate. There would not be a world that you can really uh, ignore God. It would be too it, it would have been too intense. Even that, even that little amount. You needed a total, so-called total black hole. Which, and, and right now, you need a total black hole. There are people who can easily say there's no God and I don't have to follow anything. And even those that believe in God have difficulty. That's the consequence of that. So the question now, here's like this. So that's the question. So why, did, why, couldn't, why couldn't he, he says, okay, why, why didn't he just leave the calf? Well, the chayr ain't a movement. But seemingly, this is not understood. He's asking a question on the question of the Eitzchayim. Isn't it explained in many places, different places, in various places, that in order for there to be an energy that is has a relationship with the world, you first need to have a, a, a complete removal and concealment of the energy altogether. And he gives the marshal. Like it's known the example for this, in the transmission of, of intelligence, in the intelligence of a teacher, as he stands on his own, which you open up the mind, or you speak to a teacher on his own, there's no way, no, nothing recognizable at all, the energy the the energy of the intelligence, energy that has a relationship with the with the recipient. By the teacher concealing his 
mind completely, the energy of his intelligence. So if you were to go to a teacher who, let's say, is going to teach mathematics, or whatever, and you were able to look at his understanding of it, his understanding would be so overwhelming, you could not see in there what he's going to say to the student. So there has to be a concealment to that. In other words, if the teacher speaks to a peer that's equal to him, the student sitting there would not be able to at all relate to it. We're talking about obviously a brilliant teacher and talking about brilliant ideas and beyond. So what a teacher has to do is conceal his way of understanding it. It conceals it. Once it's concealed, what will emerge, the language that, was, that will be able to be understood by the recipient. That's when it gets separated, Venikin and recognize emerging the energy that is relevant, the energy, the intelligence that has a relationship that, 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 that the, the Kabbal can have a relationship with. So how could the Eitz Chaim even have a Havamina, a consideration that the energy of the Kav should remain without being completely concealed? Now I just have to qualify. You could say one second, let's explain this. What's going on here? The muscle, you could argue the teacher doesn't have to conceal it all. He conceals most of it. But two points. Even a teacher, a human teacher, where there's a finite relationship between the teacher and the student, they're not infinitely apart. Even there, the echus, the quality of the, um, the idea, is on a completely different level. Even if he, in his, let's say, let's say this teacher speaks for half an hour and there's a beginner student sitting, teacher speaking to an equal to him. So the student, yeah, may hear one or two words that one day he'll understand, but it's all submerged in such a higher quality of, of, of dialogue and context. There's no way that the, stu- the student, if anything, the student will get confused. This is even finite. This is even an idea in mathematics and physics and something in Torah, anything that, 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 but now, of course, you have to also add, if the teacher is infinitely distant, then there's no question that it can be completely overwhelming because you're talking about a completely different level. So therefore, the question is, so what's the Havamina? What's the consideration of the Yitzchayim that it should be left, that the energy should be left? It's simple, that the symptom has to be complete. According to the above Yeshleimer, now he doesn't say Efshir. We can say, after the fact that we know that there's a source and root, a root and source of the energy of the Kav in the, in the infinite energy before the Tzimtzum. And what is that? That's Those are the ten concealed spheres. And this is not the essence of the energy, the infinite essence. It's only encompassed there. But it has it, but it has a distinct level. And compared to this level, Kav is only revealing a potential concealed that, that's there before. Therefore, the question is legitimate. It's justified. Why did this energy have to be completely concealed? All you have to really do is conceal the higher energy where it's encompassed within. Because remember, when the Kav, even though it's Esosphere, it's hidden in spheres, it's still, when it's submerged in the Bleakville, you can't, you can't do anything with it. 
So why didn't just conceal the bleakable uh, energy? And then the, uh, the energy of the car would remain. Which is extends, which is transmits from the ten hidden spheres. So there the question is legitimate. Is this the answer? Oh, he's just clarifying it. I think he's dancing. He's not dancing. One second. No, no, no. It's not. He's, he's just. He's just amplifying. He's, he's, I see. He's going to continue. The answer will come later. I mean, it's all connected, but he's he's amplifying it. He's basically saying. He's explaining now why you need some symptoms. You can't just uh, go, it, it, it has to be, even though the Kav has, is rooted in the ten hidden spheres, you need some symptoms. That's what he's explaining now. I see, you'll see, you'll see how he follows through. Okay. If there is no symptom at all, he's explaining his, his question on the, on, on, on how the question of the Yitzchayim makes sense. If there was no symptom at all, it doesn't matter whether the cow has hidden spirits or not. Can't have this guy. The cow cannot be revealed. Like I said before, when what radiates is bleak vul energy, it doesn't matter. It's like the ocean. The ocean has objects in it, but there's no way you can see them. There's no way you can access them. So it's not recognizable at all. Any things of any any air that's in the form of of any form. No, but the boss said that the cow should have been just directly from, from the ore. In other words, not to make a complete break and then cow. But he's explained that. Yeah. Now he's explaining the other side. Right. Why, why, you need a symptom. The question is, what, that's exactly what he's leading yeah. up to. He's explaining now. Yeah. So he has no, no, no. No, it's not an answer. He is explaining. He's explaining, he's explaining what he's saying. He's, his question is. Cloud, that's the word. The name is right. The, 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 the Eitz Chaim asked the question, why did, Why couldn't you just leave the Kav? Okay. The Rebbe Rashab asked, what's the question? You have to have a complete concealment. He says, no, according to above, that the Kav has Gvul in it, it's Eira Gvul, so why couldn't you just leave it? And only make it Simpson in the Eir, Bligvul. And he's explaining what that means. You need to have a Simpson in the Eir, Bligvul, for sure. It can't be a total Simpson, or else the Kav could not emerge. The question is, however, why not just leave the Kav? That's what he's leading up to. Yeah. He's explaining. This means he's, he's elaborating on this point that as long as long as the Gilead and stuff before the Simpson was radiating, the ten hidden spheres are completely bottled. They're completely submerged, sublimated within the the, the infinite Gilead and stuff. Here he uses that example, like the bit of the Ziva Shemesh B'Shemesh. Well, we spoke about the inner coal, the etzim, that's higher than we, but, but it's not even like the example of the of the, radi- of the ray of light within the sun itself, the ray of the sun within the sun. So it's not the is because of the, the the air, the energy, and the body, and the essence of and, the sun itself. And the intensity of the light there, right? It can't even be called or defined as as energy or ray. Ziv is like a ray. 
like he says in Shev Shabbat. Interestingly, he says in the Shayuch of Damuna, and there he calls it Shev Shabbat. Shev Shabbat is Chelik Rishon. One second, Pelikov, does he also say Ziba Shamash Bishamash? Doesn't mean it's much in any way. Maybe Pelikov or Kafalov, maybe. But sometimes I think Sefer Shabbat is used in the whole Sefer. And therefore, you need to have the concealment of the in order for the ten hidden spheres to be revealed in the, and through the Kav. Now he's going back to the question. And for that, it's sufficient. That should be just the revelation of the, of the Kav from the ten hidden spheres, in parentheses. Like, in the finite power of the divine, which is the Rishima, the res- the, the, impression. the impression. We learned this before, if you recall. There was no Tzimtzum. That emerged when the Tzimtzum was concealed energy. That emerged, if you recall, he spoke about how the Rishima does not, is not affected at all. The Kav is affected. The Rishima is not completely not affected. It couldn't have any substance. It couldn't be recognizable. But the Tzimtzum was not in the Rishim, it was in the energy reduction. It's Galadet Tzimtzum Ha'ev. It says in the bottom that maybe there's a word here, Er'ein Sev. The same thing could have been with the revelation of the Kav. So the question is, So why was the energy completely concealed? And now goes the Teretz in Eitzchayim. The Tirat Shom, and he answers there, Shuzer Rakbashvili Savas Akeli. That the concealment of the energy completely is not for the Kav. The Kav could, could have emerged that way, but the containers couldn't have. That was in order for the containers to be created. If it would remain the energy, even just the energy of the Kav, could not have been the formation, the creation of the containers. The existence. And once they're already created, then they don't. They won't be annihilated. They won't. The sava doesn't mean created. It means it came into being. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. The sava comes came into being. Savas couldn't come into being. I meant created more in the expression. Not in, yeah, it's here. It's like, it's like creating yeah. from a new. Enim is batlim This says clearly in the beginning of Samach Vav that once there was the complete concealment, then this teacher starts teaching. It's not the same thing because the echus, you see, the kav within its source is different than the kav outside of its source. If if you just removed the el and just left the kav, the kav could exist, but the kalim couldn't. Mm-hmm. But now the Kalim could begin to receive it. The Kalim of him is recipients. Yeah. Them, right? They yeah. wouldn't be able to receive it. Yeah. However, we still have to understand that was also through the symptom. No, but the symptom was not just for the containers. The Kav was also affected. Even according to the mashmos, to the uh, apparent inferences, inference of the Yitzchayim, that it could have remained just a kav. 
even even in that havamina, even in that consideration, even in that inference, there was still Simpson was still in the Erakav. So how could we say the Kav is revealing the hidden Gamba Shoshim Even from its source, its root and its source. In other words, yes, the Kalim for sure yes, mine, but the proof is they could not have existed in the previous state. That's a good Evan Abayshin. A litmus test of something is new is that means it can't exist in the previous state, so you have to completely conceal. Gilead Hela means it could exist in the previous state, except it's not there yet. It's revealing which was there. So that's fine if you say the Kav is exactly like the Essence for Yasagnusis. If it was exactly the same thing, and just like the Rishima just emerging, no problem. But the Tzimtzum affected the Kav. It wouldn't be a ray, a ray of light. If Essence for were revealed, it wouldn't look like a Kav. It would be 10 spheres, but it wouldn't look like the Kav. So the Kav is also affected by the Tzimtzum. So how could you say that the Kav is complete Gilead hell? That's what he's really asking. Not elaborating, but you see from the conclusion that the Kav is also impacted, in other words. So the Kav is not just a revelation of what was there before. The Kav was also diminished in the process. So the diminishing should make it more distant from its even from its source. To the point that it's not considered Gilead hell. Yeah. And in a way, he's hinting to it because if the kav can be received by the containers, means that it's not the same kav as it was before the simpson. Because if it was from the simpson, then it remained back to the same question. You understand? So though the kav is rooted there, in other words, it's true, the kav itself could have managed without a complete simpson, but the containers couldn't. So now the kav is coming afterwards and starting at a different state. It's not. The revelation before, because Essosphere Sagnusis would not be able to remain, and the container should remain in existence. So that's clear. <clears throat> the Kav has gone through a, a serious alteration. The proof is that it can enter to the, it can create the Kale. It's not like the Elifniat Simpson. Yeah. You know, it has been. The answer is. According to this opinion, I'm mean, going to the Shita here, not the Pardis, that the hidden spheres are the root of the energies of Misham Nimshra Kav, and from there the Kav was drawn or the Kav was transmitted. So you have to say that in truth, you cannot compare the Tzimtzum, the Ere Sof, to the Tzimtzum that, that was in the root and the source of the Kav. In other words, if you say that there's no so then the concealment is one big state, but he's going to be mechadish here that the Tzimtzum itself has like two dimensions to it. Since the air before the Tzimtzum had a root and they have hidden spheres, so it's true, the Kav went through a change. We're all, we understand that, but it's not... The same as the change of compared to the Tzimtzum in the whole, the Eden of Hablikvul that's higher than the, than the Esosphere Sagnosis. Let's see what that means. Well, the El Periches was buried, and before in chapter 8 to explain, but that called Ikrina Tzimtzum, who was feel like Eden, never should have Oh, this is a long parenthesis. Well, El Perichas is by explaining the Bedechal in general, the primary thing of the Tzimtzum 
is for the containers, not for the energy. Now look in the Neimer of Bedrush Gimel Mini Adam. This is a Neimer from the Tzemach Tzedek in Eire Teira Bolok. He said that before, he said it also here. He could, it seems to be really okay. That's the whole point of the answer. Okay. Let's see where you go. Which means that the energy is through, it, it's returned to radiate. In other words, it's returning something that was there. It doesn't just say a kav came out of nowhere. The kav is the original light in a diminished form returning now and radiating. He's just explaining, he's, he's elaborating on this thing that the tzimtzum for the kalim is different than the tzimtzum for the kav. Or the tzimtzum in the erein sof is different than the tzimtzum compared to the SS, in the SSRS agnosis. Nevertheless, even though that the air is, the Iker Tzimtzum is for containers, but the energy, and the energy is just returning, nevertheless, the Tzimtzum is a complete, is, 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 is total concealment. And this is a different opinion. This is the opinion that the drawing of the Kav, the extension, the transmission of the Kav, is from the infinite light, not from Esosphere Sagnosis. I'll explain in a moment. Let me just read it through. Al Kain Sarah Khleiman that Simpson Gabal Kav Ugamkim Khinasilgusama Sadam. Therefore you have to say that Simpson for the Kav is complete the Salmas Lagami. Okay. Let me explain. Besides the Pardis that says that Shershe that Shadush of Esus is the root of the containers, there's another two there's another opinion about the Kav. Where does the Kav originate? Does it originate? In the Esosphere Sagnosis, which is the shita of this discourse, because it's the whole thing with structure, or does the Kav originate from the Bleakville? Now, of course, that would change how the, the properties of the Kav. If it originates from Esosphere Sagnosis, so the air has shape and form. If it originates from Ainsaid, then it's much more like the air that goes into containers. The containers create the colors, not the air. So it's a different opinion. Just, just be aware of different opinions. So it's not confusing here. According to that opinion, then the tzimtzum has to be entirely in the kav, because ain't safe. You see, here the havamina is that doesn't have to be completely because the kav itself has a, has a certain element of war. But the answer is because of the containers, you have to conceal it. If the kav is ruined and ain't safe, then for the kav, for the not just for the, the containers, for the kav, for the air, you have to conceal it because it's too powerful. That's what he's adding here in the parentheses. It's, it's a different shita. He's just explaining he's all different shita. Huh? Yeah, he, he looks. It's, it's it's they're all legitimate shitas. Let, let, let's let's read. I'm just going to the. It means the penetrates deeper, right? The cup, the toilet goes the penetrates deeper, goes higher. Yeah, well, it's rooted deeper. Rooted. I mean, not penetrates when it goes down. I mean, it's, yeah, it's rooted. Yeah, 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 yeah. Deeper and higher. Yeah. Laksham shacha kava deshaor chazur behev. But, 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 but the cover. So therefore, it needs to be complete concealment. And only that, but what is it? But rak. The kav, the energy returns and radiates. In other words, it, it does give us a taste of that. But it's after a major concealment because it's ain't soft. Well, the fish of sheresham shechazim, and because the kav, according to this shita, 
its 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 root and so, is is from a transmission of bleak wool that returns and radiates. So even though its transmission is in the form of a jump, because it's going from Ainsafe now and radiating in a gvuldic way, like the jump and the and the not just jump, it's what say, the leap. The leap between thin ray strands of hair coming out of the skull. It's a real leap. Nevertheless, it's touches and it's cleaves and it's connected to the infinite light and it's similar to that energy because remember it's light at the end of the day because when you're talking about such infinite light even a small connection even a small thing like, like just like here that's connected that's enough for it to give it the personality of earth that's what, that's how intense it is. So even though attacker are very diminished, but it's still connected. I mean, in a sense, here when you pull it, you feel you feel it. When you cut it, you don't. But you feel there is there is something there. Here, of course, we're talking about because the interesting chiddush here because the aid is so powerful. If the air was not powerful, if it was gvul, then such a symptom would not allow, allow it. It would, it would cut off from being light. That's what he's. That, so notice the chiddush of this shita is. The other way around, because it's such a powerful intensity, it get, but it's still an, an insight intensity, not a gvul intensity. Understand? So even the kav retains some of this power. Because it's fundamentally insight. It's true, completely concealed, but it's still coming from that place. Like it says elsewhere, from from the infinite light, even a reflection that comes through a leap. Is infinitely higher than something that comes in gradation and order in an organized way, step by step. Step by step. Yeah. Yeah. I understand what that means. Okay, let's continue. Because that means the reflection also is still in soft because there's no gvul. To go, there's no gvul there. The whole thing is coming from an Ainsaf flow. It's from the Ainsaf uh, family, not from the Era Gvul family, according to the Shita. Behind all the fee, Shabam Shokhan, Shabadar deal, Yesh Gamkin Tzaz Bekus. Because in this transmission that comes through a leap, there's also some cleaving, some connection. It's not that it wouldn't be air. That's what makes it air. He's elaborating. And the energy that's the infinite, it's in a form of connection that also the reflection is also insight. And that's what the kav, even though it's called mazel. Uh, I mean, mazel is a sign, meaning it's like, like the situs. It's like a, it's a sign for something, not necessarily... The thing itself, that's like the extension of the hair strands. Nevertheless, it touches and it's connected. It's all the parentheses, by the way. I'm glad they said that because you want to make sure you're on track. Because all this is according to the opinion that the drawing, that the, the calf comes in of Abdiqo. Well, the but according to the opinion that we're learning here, that the root of the kav is from the hidden spheres, the tzimtzum is not, you can't compare the tzimtzum 
in the Erein Sof to the Tzimtzum in the Eir HaGvur. Now he has to finish parentheses. The Hatzimtzum, Shoyeb Erein Sof, can still be Samus Lagam. The Tzimtzum in Erein Sof has to be a complete concealment because it's too powerful. Mashenkin Bat Tzimtzum, Shoyeb Shemok Rakav, it's not complete. That's why you can ask going to explain this. That's why you can ask the Shaila. That's why you can ask the Shaila. But also, that's why you have a Shikha. And also the Tetis. That's because of the Kaili. So we have the question still on the table. Why the, why is the well the answer is because the kav the tzimtzum is not like that's why it's more gilehel than yeshmai yeah kitzur v'hine mashmosi etzchayim the the inference of the etzchayim is the gilehel kav gam dishi salma el gamri that the kav could have existed even it could have been could have been real even without the total concealment we're moving up here now and we understand from above how the, this question. She has like our shares from Yuchid Bifniatsme, the Hinassus Rizanus. He has now shares from Yuchid Bifniatsme. He has that word. So it's understood, according to above, that the Kav has its own particularly unique source. And these are the hidden spheres. Virakas, Shiyir, Gilead, and so forth. I'm sorry. And it's only they were not recognizable and distinct, distinguishable when there was the infinite light revealed before, or the, the light of Ain and so so according to this havamin, according to this consideration, it would have been enough that you just concealed this the insof energy. and the answer is It's in order for the what do you call it, for the being for the coming. coming into being of the containers. Yeah, that's the best way to say. It. Even though the kav also comes through the tzimtzum through the concealment. In the Shita Zu, according to the opinion here, the Shereshe Kavu Messes for the Sagnuzes, that the root of the Kav is, uh, is, 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 is the ten hidden spheres, at Simpson Bishwala Kavu, Rakvachin is mute. The Simpson, in order for the Kav, is only in a form of diminishing, not complete concealment, and therefore the Kav retains its Gileahel. Okay. So we stop here, chapter 18, pages 28, 29, the first discourse, fifth discourse in the Hemshechayim days.